Hey everyone, welcome to Mastermind.fm. This week we've got a great discussion around WordPress hosting and one company in particular who claims to offer hosting with extreme performance and we're going to see exactly why. I'm joined by Danica McLoyan from WordSkill, who is a longtime member of the WordPress community. Danica, welcome back to another episode. Hey, Mark. And we're joined as well by Thomas. I want to ask you how to pronounce your surname. Because I couldn't get that. <laughs> you don't want to butcher it. <laughs> uh, it's Audunhus. Most uh, non Norwegian butcher it, so it's fine. Don't feel bad. Uh, but uh, the, right. <laughs> the correct pronunciation is Audunhus. Oh, we're going to have to stop inviting Scandinavians. So, Thomas is from Surfboat, a hosting company. Uh, Thomas, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and a bit of what Surfboat does as well. Yeah, okay. So, we we started with the name. What I do at Surfboat is basically I have uh, the responsibility for everything we do related to WordPress and WooCommerce. And these days, WordPress and WooCommerce is our main focus. So we do everything uh, performance-related to WordPress way better. We do it faster. What we're saying is basically that Servlet is the fastest hosting alternative for WordPress and WooCommerce in, in the world. That is, that is a hell of a claim. I mean, alternative to what? Anything. No, but you said you're the fastest WordPress alternative. What is a WordPress alternative? Alternative to WordPress hosting, okay. other WordPress hosts. Okay, okay, so, yeah. Any other WordPress host, uh, we're faster. So yeah, most people kind of look surprised when they hear that we say that we're the fastest because the WordPress community isn't known for like the big words, but we like it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you do like it, but the thing is, can you? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that what we hear from your talk now, you know, is going to show us. Yeah. How and why you're the fastest. Exactly. Can you give us a bit of a background to the company and how it actually began? Yeah. Okay. So it started with uh, our CEO, Arl, together with uh, Hans Christian, his, his co-founder. They worked together at another hosting company in Norway and hit it off. And they liked each other's thoughts. And, and uh, yeah, so they basically decided to go out and start a company called Eraske Sider, which may, means... Quick pages or fast pages in the region. The name didn't uh, didn't hold since we're now named Serbolt, but the philosophy is the same. So that's basically just doing hosting right and doing hosting without caching. That's basically how it started. So how long have you been trading as Serbolt? One year. So the company is five years old ish. But we launched Serbolt last summer actually to go international. Why did you pick that name? To be honest, I have no idea. It sounds cool. Does it? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's serve and bolt. Bolt is fast. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't pick the name, but I think it's cool. I first heard of your company maybe uh, two weeks ago. I think yeah. I think after, after I think Jean Gallia had seen uh, your talk. At, was it WordCamp Porto or something? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. And he was very impressed. That's good to know. But the name is something do we still have trouble with. Because the natural thing, when I saw it written down, I swear to you, for about two days afterwards, when it came up in conversation, or whatever. Right? Uh, yes, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. That is, and even today, even though I've been told a million times, no, 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 it's Servbolt. It's missing that R. You, what, what? Why don't you just grab the the dot com for Serverbolt? We have. You have, and yet you we, still. We don't want to. We, we don't want to change the name. Now we. Now it's a thing we talk about, right? And you're ne never going to forget that we're named Servbolt. No, that's bollocks. Of course I am. There's a lot of different hosting companies. How am I going to remember <laughs> specifically? No, no, I understand just, what you're saying. You're saying, oh, the name itself see. is controversial. Yeah. But I don't think that's how branding works. I, sorry, I'm only bringing this up as a, as a side thing because it's one thing that everybody yeah. that I've mentioned the company to has said they've done a double take on the name. And I just think that if you actually own the .com, seriously, you've only got a year invested in this one. Honestly, if it was my brand, I would absolutely go with Serverbolt. Let's see. Maybe. Uh -huh. Maybe Arlen is listening so we can uh, take up your tip. But we actually, yeah, we, we had to buy the, buy the name with an R. Yeah, because all your traffic was going there, right? No, it wasn't. It was just a few people uh, going there. And also some other guys uh, bought with an R, but with the TLE.no, uh -huh. just to kind of yeah, mess with us or something. So yeah, we have the, the domain with R, 
see. Maybe we change it. Maybe no one will notice. Uh -huh. But I noticed Server Bolt right now isn't pointing anywhere. Might not be a bad idea to direct that at serverbolt.com. I don't think we actually want to redirect it oh, anywhere. Okay. We just want to own it. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to derail things. I just wanted to bring it works. Up. So just, just <laughs> by the way, just to be clear for any of our listeners, it is S-E-R-V-E-B-O-L-T.com, not server, uh, serve, bolt. Correct. Yes. A server is serving. Okay. All right. So sorry, sorry. So you were explaining about the company. Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, Hans Christian and Al uh, that started. The, the philosophy of the company is still the same in terms of how to do hosting. But now we are, I think we're nine, uh, nine people. Mm -hmm. We've grown quite fast. Last year, as I mentioned, we uh, went from focusing on Norway to, to focus internationally. Hired Jonathan in Sweden to be the country manager there to broaden our, our target group. And now we're uh, looking to hire people in the Netherlands too. We're basically growing. All right. Yeah. I saw that one of your example groups was a company called um, the what was it the the, Holt, the hunting something in uh, in the Netherlands. The hunting yeah, ensemble that was one of your yeah. big examples. That's a Dutch. Uh, and you were saying earlier yeah. that uh, your boss is now kind of based down there to try and grow your business in uh, the Netherlands and and Europe more generally. Can we expect to see a lot more sites in the Netherlands hosting with uh, you guys? Yes, for sure. More and more people kind of get how we do hosting, which we're going to get into, I think. People love us. So uh, as long as they have tried, they're never going to, going to go anywhere else. Okay. So for sure, we're going to grow in the Netherlands and also in the rest of, uh, rest of Europe. So are you doing it on a kind of country-by-country country basis? You mentioned before that you, uh, you were mainly in Norway, then you yep. switched focus a bit to Sweden. Yep. Now you're edging into the Netherlands. Uh, what are the other big targets over the next year? The US, for sure. Our first servers in the US is up and running. So the U.S. is going to be important. And of course, more Central Europe, Germany, the Netherlands, France. And of course, kind of getting more growth in, in the Nordic countries as well. Uh, and then we're also thinking a bit about Asia, going into the Asian market, which is huge. But it's also a bit different from, from the European market and, and the U.S. So um, let's see. First it's, uh, first, it's the rest of Europe with Germany and France and the Netherlands and UK. Then it's probably US and probably Asia after that. You mentioned you're moving to different countries. So are you a remote company or do you have offices in one country and then you're spreading out with servers? We have offices now, two offices in Norway. We have one in, uh, just outside uh, Amsterdam in Hilfersund. But the servers are basically everywhere. So we're doing co-location with our own hardware. That means we can basically set up our infrastructure anywhere in the world with a good co-location provider. Okay, so your, your servers in Oslo that you started with, they were just co-located with the Blix data center? Yeah. Blix is also uh, one of our, our investors. Ah, so okay. we're kind of tightly connected with that. Right, that's handy. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Okay, so... Clearly, there's a lot of big companies out there. We have, you know, WP Engine. Yeah. We have Kinsta, which in most recent surveys is coming out ahead of WP Engine. Yeah. And they all have millions of dollars and an awful lot more employees. What is it exactly that you're doing that they can't do? So basically, when Hans Christian and I started out, they started with fixing the basic stuff in the, let's call it the, the regular web hosting stack and optimizing parts and layers of that stack instead of starting out with something standard and then adding more layers, adding caching, adding yeah, basically more complex mechanisms to uh, make stuff work faster. And instead, they started out with optimizing uh, what was already there and making a fundament for a stack that will be faster. So we were faster from, from the get-go. Okay, so can, but can you be more specific? Because I mean, I see that you, what you're using as a stack from your website seems pretty regular. Are you saying that you are actually making customized modifications to the standard open source things like Apache and Nginx or? Uh, yes. And, okay. We basically have Apache. We have our own, uh, our own version of that. We have our own uh, Nginx. 
It is based on the default Nginx, but we have our own customizations. We have our own MariaDB, and we have our own Linux distribution. We have basically made everything ourselves, of course, built upon open source libraries and open source projects like MariaDB and so on. These customizations you've made, I mean, they have to be fairly extensive because to customize anything in a in yeah. a in a main distribution, uh, that takes a lot of work and takes a lot of time to keep up. I mean, yeah. I I'm struggling to see how nine people, even if they're all engineers, can keep up with that level of of uh, updating and everything else. Uh, so, have you published back these changes? Can we find these changes? Some of them we have published back. Some of them, of course, we want to keep to us ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have. Uh, contributed to some of the projects. And we also have also, uh, like the compression library Sedlib, our main guy on tech, uh, Hans Christian, has also made uh, his own version of that called Sedlib NG. Right, uh -huh. That's a compression library, which basically every web host uh, out there uses. Mm -hmm. uh, but he has made a, a new version and uh, put it out there for, for everyone on GitHub. Um, so we are doing stuff like that. And yeah, it takes time to, to keep this updated. But since it's optimizations and not kind of... If we, if we take the Linux part of this, right? It's based on, on scientific Linux. So that means we can still have the updates from scientific Linux, but we have our own build. And we can build our customizations with the new version of scientific Linux and then push it to all our servers. Uh, the other thing is we're trying to keep our stack the same across all servers. So we make the job for ourselves fairly easy when it comes to maintenance and, and update. So you're saying that the public distribution of scientific Linux wouldn't be able to cope with the different Xeon processor? Cope with the what? With a different server setup? Different server setup? Yeah, it would, of course. But uh, I, it's more for like uh, PHP versions, libraries, and so on, uh, keeping, keeping that as, as, uh, as similar on every server to make the maintenance and updating. Okay. Fairly easy and not that time-consuming as, yeah. So what I'm wondering is in terms of, okay, so I understand. So in order to improve performance, you are customizing. Yes. But your target for the customization optimizing, is, as we call it. Yeah, you're 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 optimizing, but in yeah. one way you have a disadvantage because where other WordPress hosts are optimizing for WordPress alone, you have to actually optimize also for other things like Magento. You're not an exclusively WordPress shop. So my question is: is you say that even despite that, even despite the fact that the WordPress exclusive guys are also optimizing, also have intelligent engineers. Uh, also have access to the same distributions or whatever. You're saying that you guys, nevertheless, can manage to make a multi-targeted customization, customized stack that is faster for WordPress than the guys who are solely uh, chasing WordPress optimization. Yes. The reason for that is basically to start optimizing for WordPress, you have to optimize for PHP and the database. So if you have a database, uh, which is fast or faster, then you're off to a good start. And then also, if you have a have PHP that runs faster, you're also off to a good start. The other thing is that we do that most other uh, WordPress hosting company does is uh, be very heavy on caching. So that means we will always optimize our stack to be fast without the caching, without the complexity. Uh, which gives us a advantage. So you're saying that caching is is a bad thing? No, it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing if you want to use it for performance. Because caching didn't start out as a performance enhancement, and it's still not the performance enhancement. It's a scaling tool with a positive side effect on performance. Uh, so basically, when we then optimize our stack figure out the new things we want to do. It's never we want a better caching. We can spend our time managing and optimizing the existing stack instead of managing and optimizing varnish or some other caching. So do you guys use caching in any way? And if so, how do you actually use it? Yeah, we do. Of course. Of course. We use caching for basically scaling. 
We use static caching of static elements. So that's CSS, JavaScript, uh, and other static files, uh, because it's not necessary to uh, deliver them from Apache every time. And then we use Nginx to cache or do page caching, full page caching, in order to easily scale. So not for performance, but to actually scale, which uh, caching was intended to. Can you elaborate a little bit on what, on what you're referring to with scaling? Maybe with an example? More page views every minute or with more page views a second. So let's say if an e-commerce site is coming up on Black Friday, for instance. Yeah. This would make sense. For sure. Most, most of the e-commerce sites with us doesn't run full page caching on, on Black Friday since it's as fast and they can scale within, within the boundaries of our servers anyway. But some, or the biggest, need full page caching to actually be able to handle high traffic days like Black Friday or Cyber Monday. You mentioned on your website that you don't use any kind of virtualization. So obviously individual yeah. customers being hosted are just in kind of regular uh, you know, scientific Linux accounts. Yep. You don't have a separation. So in a sense, I guess that helps with scaling in that they all have access to all the resources of the server. Exactly. But, well, some people might say that shared hosting doesn't have a great reputation. Yeah, and I, I, I could agree. Okay. Like shared hosting in general, but then we have to put servlet on the side. Uh, I could agree that uh, shared hosting, at least, like the mainstream shared hosting is a bad idea. If you want yeah, to see panel and all that stuff, yeah. Oh yeah, let's let, let's not go there. Um, I, I take it you guys don't use cPanel. We don't. We have our own okay, stuff, good. our own admin panel. Um, but in in terms of server, we do shared hosting, not as a way to pack our servers full. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do shared hosting to give our clients the ability to scale when they need it, without actually be like, oh, now you have to buy more resources or or something like that. So, so the resources are shared. We distribute the sites. So the mix of sites on each server is, is nice. Mm-hmm. Some low traffic, some high traffic, and so on. So it works. Uh, so then basically scaling has not been a problem as of yet, which is, yeah, it's basically the, base, the, the biggest problem aside from, from performance from other shared hosting providers. Do you have any actual figures like i noticed on your site that it's it's again a lot of big claims very confident but no actual figures on actual things now the only figures that there were were uh, where various clients who'd been with some other unnamed host before experienced 146 percent improvement in speed or, or whatever but is there any actual data that shows us that your performance is better is you know properly measured against the the, the bigger companies in the space I have two answers for this. One is that we give everyone forever free trial period. So you can try themselves mm-hmm. instead of uh, talking figures, talking specs and so on. Try, try for yourself. Mm-hmm. But the other, other thing is we, we uh, have, of course, run the uh, WP performance tester plugin on our stuff, which is the same plugin that uh, review single is using for their performance benchmark or their hosting benchmark. So that was the WP Performance plugin? Yeah, okay. Performance Tester. Tester, okay. And what... There, you say? can see the figures. You've actually published the results? We have. Okay, where, where can we find them? I, uh, I have sent you the link. Okay. So it's, uh, it's uh, servbolt.com slash test your WordPress web host performance with VP Performance Tester. Uh-huh. We can probably post it somewhere. We'll add it in the show notes for sure. There, you can actually see uh, see uh, the performance, especially on the database side, because uh, our database is very quick and it's probably it stands for forty percent, fifty percent of our our WordPress speed. So you can basically see there, compared to Kinsta and others, uh, how our database is performing. So your customized version of MariaDB is. 40% faster than the regular standard distribution of MariaDB? I would say it's, uh, it's around that, yes. Uh, depends, of course, on the server that it's running and so on. Mm-hmm. But on, on our stack and with our servers, it's around 40% faster. Right, uh-huh. 30 to 40, somewhere. 
Okay. And have you had any response from the Kinsta guys or any of these guys, WordPress.com, VIP as well? Have any of them questioned? I don't think we're large enough. But we did have a, a nice chat with Chris Lima and, and the guys over at Liquid Web. Mm-hmm. They actually tested us, which we thought was cool because they're big. Mm. Uh, we're not that big at all. So they tested us and we had a meeting. And they could uh, could see that we're, uh, we are faster than at least them. But no other hosting providers that, that I know of have tested us ourselves. But I invite everyone to do it, competitor or, or client or whoever, test and see. We write a lot about hosting, obviously, at WP Mayor, you know, because it's the one universal thing that everybody needs. It's like death and taxes. You've got to pay for a host. Yeah. And the one thing that we've, I've kind of come to the conclusion on is, is uh, the big battle, you know, the, among the most popular WordPress hosts, managed WordPress hosts at the moment. It's mainly yeah. um, WP Engine and Kinsta. And Kinsta seems to have some sort of technical edge at the moment. But it's interesting because uh, WP Engine can work out a lot cheaper. They tend to have more offers and, and uh, we run a discount ourselves uh, on them. And the weird thing is, is I often find myself thinking, well, yeah, I can understand that you have a techie kind of urge to have the very, very fastest. But when the when the difference is a whisker, you know, when it's a very minimal improvement, to me, the idea of saving 30% by going with the second best is, is, is very attractive. I'm kind of wondering for your thing, does it really make such a substantial difference? I mean, where would you put yourself price-wise? Would you say that you're you're more expensive than Kinsta or? We're around Kinsta. I think they have a few starter plans that are cheaper than than we have. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking WooCommerce scale, where you don't use just a few gigabytes, but you probably use a bit more, then we're getting more equal. Right. Uh, but the other thing to mention here is the reduced cost of not be uh, cash dependent for the performance because caching can always make a developer uh, start to cry with all the different problems caching can actually can actually cause instead of solve uh, so the way we look at it the math or uh, yeah at the end of the day we will be cheaper for for most but of course, can be uh, some company out there that is close to us on performance, but way cheaper. But then, yeah, let's applaud it because that's a good good work to actually make it uh, make it cheaper than us and still have the performance. But I, I've noticed that your own site, and indeed, kind of one of your main examples, the the hunting ensemble. Both yeah. both run behind Cloudflare, which is essentially a gigantic cache. And they also run with Railgun. If you use it. Well, uh, no, I, I mean, the whole nature of Cloudflare is, 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 is that they will pull the latest versions of your pages and they will distribute them to their 150 plus data centers around the world, which is, a you know, obviously it's a nice, simple, scientifically understandable way of uh, speeding things up for a customer in Yokohama or whatever. But the other thing with Cloudflare that I've noticed is that very often, whatever hosting you have behind Cloudflare, the differences get sort of flattened out. You could have you could have one server that's faster and another one that's a bit slower, but once you put them both through Cloudflare, the speeds are more or less the same. So in a sense, all of your optimizations on the server, are they not flattened out by the fact that your customers use Cloudflare and then use Railgun? No. Okay, so, so basically you are right with Cloudflare. Uh, and we use it because we have started to see traffic from all over the world. So we, we kind of had to do something and we have a partnership with, uh, with Cloudflare. So putting them on our own site is a good idea. In terms of performance, when you use Cloudflare, I've never seen it flatten out if it's a slow host and a fast host. A fast host will always be better, but Cloudflare can actually, in some cases, degrade the performance. Because you're adding complexity, you're adding more stuff to uh, or between the browser and the end server. So I've seen that it's uh, it can actually add more loading time, but not that much speed speed things up too much. But is is that based on you sitting in Oslo looking at uh, the results coming from the Cloudflare Oslo uh, data center, as opposed to no? Because I, I I'm very close to the Cloudflare data uh-huh. center. I think I'm actually just a kilometer away or something. Um, but it, it is basically just uh, using uh, using tools like Pingdom to see the to see the global 
global right. load times from actual perform or actual uh, browsers, which is a better idea instead of yeah. Yeah, sure, but 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 you still choose to use it, so I presume that there's some kind of overall improvement uh, when you're talking to customers. Yeah, of course. For us, if a client is or a visitor is sitting in China or Japan or or in California, with and without Cloudflare is a big difference for them. Yeah, if if our target group was mainly Norway or mainly Scandinavia, then we wouldn't use Cloudflare because that would actually slow things down. Right. Um, and you said you're partnered with with Cloudflare. So uh, a customer who's paying you yeah. whatever, say they come in at the low and they're paying 120 euros or whatever, they can pay an extra hundred or something and, yeah. and get Railgun or or how does it work? Yeah, 50 or 60 yeah, euros good, yeah. no. to get to get Railgun and, and the basics. It, uh, if like most sites aren't global, so then most sites don't need Cloudflare. Okay. We we basically use Cloudflare to to uh, enhance the global performance, or for the international visitors, and not hide our our sins behind Cloudflare. So it's a big difference. We all have also, of course, some some examples of uh, of sites not running Cloudflare. On our site too, I think that's right. Ogart is yeah, on that's our just running too. that the IP yeah. shows as Blix. So, can I ask? When I first brought up Cloudflare, you mentioned, and I said it's just a big cash. You said, well, well, if you use it as that, yeah. uh, are you saying that that would you have some kind of optimization when you're using Cloudflare where you would specifically ask it not to cache certain pages, where you would ask it to actually go and get the latest uh, version of certain pages? Yeah, you, you don't need to use the cache in Cloudflare like the Railgun or stuff like that at all, you can just use it as a CDN too to deliver the static files, almost like we do in our stack. So it's it's not something you have to do, and it adds some complexity and, and stuff. So, yeah. So would you switch off Cloudflare for, for stuff like, uh, uh, you know, um, shopping cart pages and WooCommerce or, or stuff like that? If it works, it works, then it's fine. But yeah, it's a big question. It's a complex question. I th- I think I would actually turn it off. Right. Uh-huh. But it also it it basically depends on where where the target is. Where are the visitors? If the visitors if you're hosting something in let's say Norway and your main target is Norway and Japan, then yes, have it on. But if you're basically using Cloudflare like a lot of people are using it just as a way of um easier delivery of uh, static elements and for sure, turn it off if you. Okay, so I'm, you I'm picking up the, the two mm-hmm. arguments for using a very fast uh, origin server uh, behind Cloudflare. The two arguments for it are that uh, it does make a difference if you have a fast server feeding Cloudflare rather than a slow one. And the, and yes. the second argument yes. is that for dynamic pages, it's better if you have a fast server behind Cloudflare because you don't necessarily want Cloudflare to have a cached copy of a dynamic page. No, you you never want that, right? If you want to keep the page dynamic, then you can, of course, use Railgun, and then uh, Railgun will figure out what to uh, basically. They, it can merge the content, mm-hmm. so it's uh, actual when when the page is delivered to the browser, it is like the dynamic version, right? Uh-huh. But again, when it comes to CDN or Cloudflare or yeah, don't use it if you don't have to. Don't use it if you uh, don't have a international audience, because it's just going to add complexity. Use a close and fast server instead. Mm-hmm. If I may jump in, guys, are you focused mainly around Scandinavia, where your servers are placed now? Since uh, you need to use Cloudflare caching for international site visitors, we we have um, our server now and also basically because that's where. Our um, administration panel also is hosted. Mm-hmm. But we are looking into, if we see that, for instance, the US is picking up uh, and the majority of our users is coming from the US, then yes, then we would move our server to the US. It's basically the majority of the audience that for us is the most important. So we always want to move our own site to the closest server we have to the majority of the audience. So you're adapting based on that. You're not focusing on Scandinavian clients for the purpose of being close to your servers right now. No, it's it's just because we're 
Mm-hmm. We're way bigger in Norway than we are in the US or Japan. For I'm instance. curious about the, the status of, uh, as a Norwegian company, obviously Norway is outside the EU. Yeah. I mean, it's affiliated with the EU, but I don't think it's actually inside, right? So does that mean that you, know, that you have the advantage that when a European customer goes to you, that they don't have to bother with all the VAT stuff? Or do you have to charge VAT as well? We don't have to charge VAT as of now. Great. Uh-huh. So, so we can actually uh, charge without that. If it is a, uh, a good thing or not, I'm not completely sure. Because I, I personally haven't oh, looked into it. Yeah, I, I, I bet it is. Uh, it's almost, yeah. And it means that, it means that a, if a German company decides to compete with you, they immediately have a 20% disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, until we set up our, our um, company in the Netherlands, we're going to set up a, what's it called, child company, something in, in the Netherlands yeah, soon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because for us, of course, it also had some, has some advantages uh, of having a company within the EU. But when that's going to happen, I, I don't know. Let's see. Where do you see the biggest uh, opportunity? Is it Europe or America? That's a good question. So for us, we see that the clients willing to pay for performance is mostly e-commerce. And then you have a lot of uh, countries in Europe that aren't that big on e-commerce yet. Yeah. Like, like Portugal. That was kind of mind-blowing for me when I went to WordCamp Porto a few weeks ago that e-commerce in Portugal is basically non-existing besides Amazon. And then they're actually buying stuff from Amazon in the UK, US, or Spain. E-commerce there is not, not the big thing. So with that in mind, I think the US will probably be our biggest, biggest market when we get there. We have some servers in, in New York now. We're looking to uh, set up a few more. But uh, of course, the US market is, is also a bit more complex. It's, uh, it's a large country. So doing performance in the US is, is a bit harder than, than Europe. Uh, also, the internet infrastructure is uh, it's picking up. It's going to get to a good... Uh, good place soon but it's uh, at least historically it's been not good at all with the routing going basically like crazy so if we're thinking five years ahead i would say the us is our our biggest market if we're looking one or two years i would say europe on the flip side of that not now the market but in terms of employees do you think it's an advantage being in europe in terms of finding good quality people at reasonable prices Yes, at least as of now, I think that basically we have, we have some we have some uh, countries in in Europe with highly skilled engineers, where the cost of living isn't like Norway, uh, which I think is the fourth or five most expensive country to live in. Oh my god! How much is a beer in Norway? It's uh, around ten euros. That is sinful. You, you need to come to Malta also, Norway. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's totally crazy. Uh, I think we're on like the third place on the on the Big Mac index. On the Big Mac index, <laughs> okay. But just a quick yeah. question because I'm I'm actually traveling to um, to Malta in a couple of days. How much is a beer in Malta? As an Irishman, I have to ask. You can this. get a lo- uh, local beer for one fifty, two euro. Depends where you go. Oh my god! <laughs> Screw Norway. I mean, the top top <laughs> brand of beers in Malta, the most you'd pay is three fifty four euro probably. Oh alcohol is cheap. Okay. Alcohol is cheap. Okay. <laughs> Not necessarily. So, so, so okay. So ten euros. That's that's cheap beer. If you want some like local brewery, you're probably looking at eleven, twelve, thirteen euros. Oh my god! That's yeah, a that's decent dreadful. bottle of that's wine. <laughs> but but okay. So so where you're situated now, and in a sense, it's kind of good because you're sort of outside the EU. So you have that option if you want it. You also have the option to to base yourselves or have a child company in the EU. And you have access to workers. Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody has access to workers everywhere in terms of remote working. But in terms of actually having actual connections and and maybe more of a structure, being based in Europe is handy. And if American companies are competing with you, they have a much higher salary base for the average engineer or, or whatever else. So is that part of your strategy to be possibly over the next five years, become a more America focused company, but with a with a back office that is mainly in Europe? 
Not as of now. It's it's uh, basically not been up for discussion yet how we're going to do the whole U.S. thing. We're we're kind of uh, walking slowly into into the U.S. market to try and figure out how the hosting market works. Not from do looking at what others are doing, but for our own experience. Mm-hmm. And then if we see that okay, we need uh, support uh, staff in the U.S. We need uh, engineers in the U.S. and so on. Then yes, let's do it. But I still think that our, our like base will always be in Europe. Why would you need? Uh, su- I mean, just because you have customers there, why would you need the support staff and the engineers to be in America? Why would you need that? The engineers probably not. Well, we're gonna we're probably gonna hire the best people we can get, regardless of where they are living. Mm-hmm. I kind of do that strategy, but in in regards to sport stuff, it's going to be mostly about time zones and and culture, right? Because the American culture is is quite different in terms of how they like their their customer service to to react to their complaints and so on. Where the Europeans are more direct and can handle, yeah, they can handle an argument. Where where in the US, the customer is always right, always. Yeah. Uh huh. Probably having an American support staff would be a good idea at some point. Uh, and it's also the time zone, of course. Instead of having people work nights or, or evenings, uh, have people work daytime uh, and be in the US. Right. So we have actually figured out Hawaii is probably the best place to, to hire support staff in terms of time zone. Because that's, uh, it's a nice match with, with the Central European time. That's been a, an issue for us as well with, with our plugins, with aggregator and with EDD bookings. It's uh, planning around support and where everyone's going to be. Yeah. We've hired people in support who are European, who are um, in India, who are in the Philippines. Right now, I have someone in the Philippines. What I've found is that the stereotypes aren't necessarily always true. So there were Indian people who applied and it's true they don't match an American market. Uh, <laughs> then it's 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 the honest truth. I mean, the way someone replies is is different depending on what culture you're coming from. Yeah, most of our clients are based either in Europe or in the US, so that made a difference. Right now, we have Renz, who is from the Philippines. He is brilliant to work with both, and that's been brilliant find for us. So I think, even though in hosting it might be tougher to scale outside of the US in terms of support stuff. I think it's definitely possible if you're looking to work remotely. But with regard to, to support, how I mean, what is your approach to support anyway? Because my experience of using all of the, the main, especially the managed uh, WordPress hosts, is that they're effectively working from a script. It's very, very unusual that anything comes up where the answer isn't simply turn off all your plugins or just restore everything from a backup. It seems that you don't necessarily need WordPress experts. That's uh, something we... Like basically, the script, the script way of handling support is probably not something we're going to do within the next five years or maybe ever. We we actually want to solve problems, and as of now, at least one hundred percent of our company can code. So basically, everyone from the CEO down to the junior support consultant can code. Uh, so instead of having scripts and telling telling clients to to turn off your plugins, we can actually go in and try and fix it instead of, yeah. I mean, that's very noble, but you talked about scaling earlier on. How economically scalable <laughs> yeah. is that? That's everybody in the company coding? Come on, that's not scalable. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's good that uh, we at least start that way and let's see how long it can hold. But yeah, as, like we see it now, our platform doesn't require that much support. Let's see how it goes when we add a hundred thousand more more customers. But as of now, it doesn't require that much support. But doesn't that depend more on the customers than the platform? I mean, especially if you're entering the uh, the American market, uh, some nationalities have different aptitudes. Yeah, but still, it's uh, I've, like you don't want to talk to the support just because, right? You want to talk to them when you have an issue, and if you don't have issues, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yes, let's see. So not only are you the fastest WordPress hosting, 
you're also the only WordPress hosting that doesn't have any problems. We have problems. Everyone has problems. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, the amount of problems, right? So basically, our stack is easier than most. Let's take caching mm -hmm. as an example. Try to imagine how many support tickets a WordPress host that has caching as a standard thing in the stack that most clients are using. How many support tickets do you think it's, uh, it's related to caching or something like my, my page isn't updating? Okay, I'm 100% going to give that to you because I can't think of one very famous WordPress host. We'll not name them here, but that is definitely the case where they have optimized things on their end to save their own resources to the extent that people end up chasing their tails over stuff like that. Okay, so that does make sense. So basically, by, by uh, making a, a more minimalistic but more optimized stack, we are also minimizing the amount of support uh, where people can actually, oh, shit, uh, I broke something in my WordPress app. That's on me. I don't need to call support or chat with support or anything. But it's, it's basically just easier to develop and make WordPress sites with our hosting compared to at least some uh, other hosting companies. But again, your stack is somewhat more complicated by the fact that you have Magento in there and you have, you know, obviously it's, that's, I mean, that gives a bigger target for hackers. It gives a bigger target for problems to arise. Yeah, uh, depends. As of now, our, our stack, it's, it's optimized for PHP with some WordPress optimizations, but, uh, and also some Magento optimizations, but it's not like we have one package that we uh, give to Magento clients and one for WordPress. So you can run WordPress and run Magento in the same environment and it will perform the same. Do you allow Drupal? Yeah, we run uh, our admin panel on Drupal, actually. Wow, okay. Isn't that a bit scary? No, I, I think it's fine. There are probably some guys more technical than me that could uh, give you give a better answer. Okay. But there was a there was a security issue yeah. with Drupal like a about few seven weeks ago. In a row. Yeah, Drupalpocalypse. Yeah, I think it's called Drupalpocalypse. Yes. Yeah, but we handle it. It's it was fine. All right. Okay. Uh, with regards to actually scaling your support, because you said right now it makes sense that everyone can code and everything. That's creating an image that your support is able to do that from the moment I contact you. Yeah. So if I have a small problem, I come to you, you can fix it. As you scale, I don't believe that you'd be able to maintain that if you scale to a certain level. Uh, probably not. Um, in the sense that your your low level support won't be able to code. In that sense, what would hurt your image then that rather than going to support and getting an instant fix, you're going to support and you're getting possibly a scripted or a simpler uh, answer and then you have to go to technical support? Like escalation. Like is with most hosts nowadays. Yeah, escalation. Um, I, I would say let's figure that out when the time comes. Uh, it's not an issue now. Now we're a company where you can actually meet the CEO on chat if you if you like to. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to try and keep the company like that for as long as possible. Where of course we're going to try and get more and more of the support to dedicated support staff, but also train them so they know WordPress or they know Magento. Are you currently hiring? Yes, we are. We're always hiring. Every company that is growing is always hiring. And Just come to us and tell me why we should hire you, and it's a done deal. Okay, and I understand that you guys are going to be going to uh, WordCamp Europe in, uh, in uh, Belgrade, which is on the 14th to the 17th, I think, of June. Um, can yeah. people approach you there? Are you guys actually going to have a stall, or are you going to be just wandering around? Handing out stickers. We are just going to be uh, wandering around. Probably a stall next uh, next year. Uh, let's hope we have. Uh, let's hope we have the cash to do so it. So, if somebody really knows their WordPress stuff and they want to get work, uh, so are you open to people who want to work remotely? If somebody came to you and they were visit, they were from France or yeah. whatever, and they said, "Hey, I really want to be a support engineer or or some or an engineer," you'd be, you'd be open to that approach. Yeah, we want to hire the best people regardless of where they are working. As of now, having someone with a 10-hour uh, time difference is probably a bad idea. Mm -hmm. But having someone in Europe, anywhere in Europe, would work out. 
So for us, it's it's uh, more about the skill than where you where you live and where you want to work. But you you're trying to cover the night times as well. So presumably, or is there maybe there's no support uh, burden at all at night? But presumably, if you I mean, if there's somebody who's listening to this and they are experienced at giving support, and but they live in uh, Malaysia or something, if they contact you, is there a night shift or or is there anything like that? Yeah, uh, I I think someone after hearing this is going to try our night support. Uh-huh. So let's see. But uh, I think there is uh, usually two hours during the night. Let's not say which hours <laughs> that we are a kind of my, kind of week. My at website's the on fire. These guys wouldn't even answer. <laughs> <laughs> but we have okay. We have uh, we have twenty four seven monitoring and and everything up and running. So if anything happens to the servers, it's just a matter of minutes to to get it up and running. Um, and if you messed up your WordPress site and we don't answer in a few minutes on chat, then it's uh, it's how it is. Right. So when you're at WordCamp, um, what kind of people are you interested in? What what sort of uh, roles are you trying to expand? Now we're trying to find uh, support staff. We're trying to find a country manager for the Netherlands or, or Netherlands and the countries around, uh, around the Netherlands with UK, Belgium, uh, probably France and Germany too. Uh-huh. And we're trying to hide, hire a new uh, uh, engineer, developer, PHP developer for, for our own stuff. What's the best way for them to contact you? Would that be through uh, surfbolt.com? Yeah, uh, just get in touch on uh, on our our on-site chat. There you can meet me, you can meet uh, our CEO, you can basically meet almost half the company there. Um, right. So just say just say hi on the chat and say I want to work at Servbot, and uh, you're probably going to get uh, our company's full attention. And and if they come to work for you, are you're pretty sure that the company won't be bankrupt by next April? Bankrupt by next April? Not going to happen. <laughs> right okay and of course so you're afraid it's a good job it's a company that's going somewhere yeah we are uh so we're also we are running a funding round now uh but as uh, as we're telling potential investors uh getting funding is not about surviving it's about the uh the speed on our growth sure so having uh, having having funding means we can uh, we can hire at the higher pace not having funding means we have to slow things down, but still grow because people are coming to us. Uh, we don't have to go to them to get more clients. Right. And of course, what we just said was beyond WordCamp because this episode might not be out before then. If not, the same applies for anywhere else. Are you going to be at any other WordCamps or any other conferences after WordCamp EU? I think uh, WordCamp uh, Europe is the next we have scheduled. We're probably also going to be in Nordsjöping, which is in Sweden. And let's see if we take the trip to WordCamp US too in Nashville in December. Maybe. Let's see. All We're right. probably, probably going to let people know on our Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, we'll put links to your Twitter there as well, and everyone can see what you're up to. This sort of uh, fast expansion all over the world, uh, would you happen to have Viking blood? I think I have some. Well, since since you're you're Irish, aren't mm, you? Yeah. Oh, or you actually, or you live? No, no, I'm properly Irish with a, with a fair amount of Viking blood, apparently. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I I probably have the Viking blood because I'm, I'm in that case uh, my grand 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 something was uh-huh. a Viking. I don't know. Uh huh. But the the Irish doesn't have that. Bit of a story well, behind the Vikings, I've heard. Well, well, the way, yeah, the, the, the deal in Ireland is, and this explains why the Irish aren't as pretty as the Scandinavians, is the Viking ships would <laughs> they'd come down to Ireland and they'd run into a village. And if you've only got a few seconds to kidnap a woman, you're going to look around. You're not yeah. going to pick the, the great big fat lady sitting in the corner. You're going to grab this beautiful light, easy to carry. Portability was very important back then. And you're going to run back to yeah. your ship with this beautiful woman. I remember the first time I went to the Faroe Islands, they were all such beautiful people. And I suddenly realized, this is where all our good lookingness went to. This country. <laughs> Bloody Vikings. Let, let me just tell you, that's not the story in the Norwegian history books. Oh, it's not? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was the Irish no, version. There, there, was more, there was more like, it was uh, just a lot of uh, plundering and raping, mm-hmm. uh, just leaving people there. 
and that the uh, Irish plus Norwegian mix didn't work out that good. Really? In, in what sense? Oh, in, in terms of all the raping? Uh, it's just in terms of, uh, you said, where are all the beautiful women? Because uh-huh. they are in what island, did you say? The Faroe Islands. Faroe Islands? Faroe Islands, right. So yeah, so they, they basically, uh, or, or my history teacher said that uh, the, the mix of, uh, of Irish blood and Norwegian Viking blood wasn't a... A good oh, match. Okay. I never heard that. Like, I think Dublin, the town I come from, is a largely <laughs> Viking kind of stronghold. But anyway, whatever happened in the past, we're still going to look for reparations. So, you know, get ready for that. We're, we're yeah, we're still yeah. friends. So I, think, I so. think it's fine. All right. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Thomas, uh, do you have anything else to add? No, not at the moment. I like that I got some hard questions where I actually had to think. Uh, so that's good. Um, I would, of course, encourage everyone to to actually test us because if you if you do a side by side testing of us versus whatever you're having, you're going to see that it's faster. That includes yeah. you guys. Yeah, John too. has been talking about that. So, so just actually, let's just quickly go through that. Uh, the deal is there's a form on your website, and people can go and they can apply and they can have a free trial, and they can literally they can get assistance from you to grab a copy of your site. So what is it? It'd be like almost running a staging site that they, that they run a copy of their site and then they can run the, the speed test to see if it is better than what they're currently using. Is that, that's the deal, is it? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. So you, you sign up on our site, uh, you make a host, you can set everything up yourself if you want to, or you can get assistance from us. And then we give you a test URL, test domain, that you can use so that you can have your site running side by side where you have your live version and the version running with us. Say if somebody came to you and they said, hey, you know, um, as we're tackling an international market, we'd be interested in having Cloudflare Railgun. That seems to be the best thing. Would it be possible for them to trial that as well? Or would that require the 60 euro payment to test that? We can, we can test it. We, we haven't added it to any tests as of yet, as I know. But if someone kind of required that, we would probably do it. It's not a big issue. Right. Okay, cool. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. For, so for anybody who is also interested in Railgun, it could be that Servbolt is the ideal place to, to check out that possibility. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Come, come and test. We like to show off our stuff instead of talking specs and, uh, and stuff like that, which uh, most, most developers want to talk about. Okay. Um, so that's at servbolt.com. S E R V E B O L T dot com. Exactly. Yeah, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Guys, it's been great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thomas, I'm looking forward to having a beer with you when we're in uh, when we're in Belgrade. That'll be fun. Let's do it. Uh, a cheaper beer <laughs> than uh, I can drink here at home. I'll bring some really cheap stuff there from Malta. Take some risk. <laughs> <laughs> good plan. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Okay. Cheers. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at Mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at Mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.